What is going on, beautiful people? Thank you again for joining me on another episode of the RPD show. 23 episodes in, this will be, that's pretty remarkable. I kind of started this as a passion project and the feedback, you know, everyone's giving me, it's, uh, it's been a journey and I, I'm, we're just keeping it moving. Uh, today, I have the pleasure of being joined by someone who I've only exchanged DMs with. We've never actually really met. So this is going to be kind of fun. Uh, I admire his work a lot. He uh, he's, he's a video editor, writer, producer, um, specializing in humorous, fast-paced content and live events. Um, he currently can be seen on ScreenCrush.com. He, who is where he's the executive video producer. Uh, he does new video essays every week. Um, just a very accomplished guy, and just I, I really appreciate him for taking the time. But uh, without further ado, please welcome Ryan Airy to the RPD show. Hey, happy to be here, Ryan. Thanks for having me. Hey, I mean, thank you. You, I mean, you, you I, actually, you've inspired me. I've been talking about this for a while. I'm going to announce on your show right now my new podcast, which is just going to be called Ryan Casting, where I will just interview my fellow Ryans about what they do and what their days are like and how they grew up. So maybe you'll be one of my first guests. I would, man, I'd be honored. It would be kind of cool to flip-flop it. So that's that's amazing. Thanks for dropping that exclusive. <laughs> um, I, any, I Ryans out there, any Ryans out there listening? Yeah, hit him up. You know, he'll, he'll be... Maybe he'll have you on, maybe he won't, but you know, he's a, he's a nice guy. He'll, he'll, he'll respond. Um, well, getting right into it. You, I mean, you have quite the impressive re resume. Um, like, so how long have you been, you know, doing editing, writing, producing content? I'm, I'm just curious. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah, sure. Um, I started doing comedy in college, right? Kept, kept that up, kept doing like stand up and sketch comedy. And then, uh, around 2005, 2006 is when I got into video editing because I worked at a summer camp that was a performing arts camp and they did like 80 theater shows with the kids and circus shows, and rock shows. And I was in charge of the video department that had to film and edit all of those. But also I made short films with the kids and we put on a film festival, which, you know, it's summer camp. It's there. You're there to have fun with the kids. But that taught me so much about storytelling, you know, a lot more than I think I ever learned uh, at college because you're trying to really distill the elements of story into very short films that, you know, can be shot in 11 days, basically. Really one hour a day, so 11 hours with these kids. Uh, and that also got me experience in video editing. So around 2015, I left the camp and started work for a company called Townsquare Media. Huge company, they own radio stations, uh, lots of other little tiny things. But most importantly, they own Screen Crush, which is what I, a website and YouTube channel I make the videos for. And also a lot of music sites like Double XL, which is a, a huge, you know, the number one hip hop site. And they have this thing every year called Double XL Freshman, which I'm so privileged to be a part of because I get to like meet and film all of these like the hottest, most up and coming rappers right before they get big. So doing that, I mean, like, uh, I don't know if you're into hip hop or not. I'm not a huge hip hop fan, but like I love these people, the, the people I've talked to, some of their music's incredible. Megan the Stallion, the uh, Baby, some of these people like I've gotten to interview them through Town Square Media. So I've done a lot of live performance stuff like that. My real passion though is Screen Crush and movies and TVs, TV shows. So I'm very lucky that like Screen Crush had an opening at this company where I was able to start writing some content and then it just caught on. So 
you know, I grinded for a long time and it took me a long time to get good enough to do this full time, but I'm pretty happy with where I'm at right now. That's amazing. I, that's, I think, I think that's just really cool how you kind of started doing some melts and then you kind of transitioned and found a way to like do, you know, put your passions to use. So I think like how, and I, I think that's really important because, uh, a lot of people today, they kind of want that instant gratification, just like how the internet is. And it's like, no, it, it I mean, it, it takes time to build and learn and really hone yeah. in the craft, you know? No, so, man, you need, you got to put in your 10,000 hours, you know, whatever it is, whatever you're into. Exactly. I mean, yeah, that's, there's no way around <laughs> it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, what, so is that something that like you, like when you're younger, is that like something that that kind of like caught your eye and you, or is it more of some, something like later in life? Cause I know you had said it in college. That's when you kind of really started. Um, yeah. I don't know, man. Like when I was a kid, I, I, I grew up in a small town. I think it was beyond my wildest dreams to even think that I would live in New York, you know, like I grew up in Ohio or to think that there would ever be that I would ever get to see like a talking raccoon, like the guy on your shirt in a major feature film with the talking tree with Thor fighting aliens. Like all we live in an age of wonders. <laughs> we really do. You know, none of us 10 years ago would have ever thought that we were going to see the things that we get to see on movies and TV from like nerd culture that we do now. You yeah. Know? It's pretty, it's pretty remarkable how far it's come. You know, really. I mean, from, I mean, the, the, I mean, the, from Batman and Robin, <laughs> which I think was definitely, I always look at Batman and Robin as the end of one era of superhero movies, uh, because superhero movies pre-Blade were basically the Superman and Batman films, you know, which were, I put this, they were, they were interesting because they weren't just kiddie movies, you know, like this, the George Reeves stuff, I think had this perception that like all that Superman 50 stuff and Batman, Adam West, that, that was for kids. And you saw that in the, in their careers, like George Reeves did nothing after Superman, he ended up killing himself. Adam West had no career after Batman where Superman, the movie came along and they cast a list actors, people who were already established. And you just saw that trend continue getting big name movie stars. Uh, but those properties as Superman and Batman movies were de most definitely the products of corporations and studios who own those rights. And we're looking for ways to adapt comics into the most profitable mechanism they could. You know, there were very, there wasn't a lot of like fealty to the books and fealty to the source material within those. And then you saw that in Batman and Robin which was the culmination of that, which was a giant toy commercial. They forced Joel Schumacher to include extra characters. And it was just a hot mess that wasn't loyal to Poison Ivy or Bane or anybody like that. And then the next year you had Blade, which came out of nowhere and actually just sort of made superhero movies cool. So cool they couldn't even call it a superhero movie. And then you saw the same thing with X-Men where it's like, it has to be realistic and they don't wear the costumes. And Spider-Man started to swing us back toward, no, it's okay to be, you can, you can be cool and colorful at the same time, you know? So it's been thrilling like for me to grow up watching those Superman movies and to just see this slow evolution and gradual acceptance of the kind of stuff that I love. Very well said. I uh to be to be completely honest, I actually I watched the first Batman movie like last night for the first time. Oh. I, I oh, what so what'd you think? I, I thought it was terrific. I mean, 
I was it, you know, because it's just like it's older and the the, the CGI and the, the you know the action can be a little, you know, just how it was filmed back then. And mm-hmm. I, I I thoroughly enjoyed it. I Jack Nicholson's performance as, as Joker, I was I really surprised me. Like he just. Yeah. And then Michael Keaton, I mean, at first it was kind of a mind trip to see Michael Keaton with hair, but he, he, <laughs> yeah, was, right. really, he was really good in it as well. I, I, I liked it way more than I thought I would, truthfully. But I, I'm... Keaton? Yeah, Nicholson has more screen time than uh, Keaton in that. You know, yeah. he has top billing over him too. And that's why the big criticism of Batman movies for a long time was they're not actually about Batman. Uh, although, I mean, I the first Batman movie, the best Batman movies from the 90s is Batman Mask of the Phantasm, which if you haven't seen, you should definitely watch. And that was the first Batman movie that actually like put the focus on him as a character and not really on the, and took some of the spotlight away from the villains. I'm, I'm definitely gonna have to watch that. I'm kind of gonna, I'm gonna try to go all the way through just, I mean, I have HBO Max and why not? Oh yeah, cool. Well, Mask of the Phantasm is the animated one. Okay. Uh, yeah, I, I just I started just started getting into those too. I bought recently watched the the Harley Quinn animated series. I thought, oh, that's great! I yeah. thought it was hilarious. It was yeah. awesome. But when I got, when I got DC Universe, I started back watching Batman the animated series. Which I don't know if you're in, into DC. I know you got a lot of Marvel stuff behind you. For me, those DC animated shows from the '90s and 2000s are still the pinnacle DC adaptations. You know, Superman, Justice League, Justice League Unlimited, Batman the animated series, phenomenal. Great interconnected storytelling. I I'm I'm a DC fan. I'm I uh, I, I haven't seen any of the like it's the animated stuff is kind of new to me. So I'm I'm slowly getting into it. I uh, well my love for comic book films and in, in general kind of started from The Dark Knight. I saw that in theaters mm-hmm. and was blown away. Or no, oh, great. Well, no, I saw Iron Man and then The Dark Knight. Whatever, whichever one came out first. And Iron Man yeah, by a couple months. Yep. Yeah, yeah. So both of those really kind of blew my mind. I was like, wow, this is like really cool. Holy crap. And then I've been really into it ever since. So I'm, that's why I really haven't seen the other Batmans or like, it's still new to me. So yeah. I like, I, I love it. I can't get enough. Well, of it. You're going to, you're going to be shocked seeing how those early Batman films evolve. <laughs> they really, they take a turn yeah. slowly, but it's, it's a turn. Yeah. Yeah. I, it's, I mean, I got to. I mean, my dad kind of inspired me to, because we were talking, and he's like, "You haven't seen the like the old Batman's?" I'm like, "No." I'm like, "Okay, I, I got to watch them." <laughs> yeah, they're pretty great. Okay. Um, video essays. I I'm just curious though, like the process, like kind of what's like the process of writing and creating those? Is this just something that like an idea comes to you and you kind of write, you know, like kind of how a writer writes, I guess, where like they haven't, they just let it go. And, or is it more of like reactionary due to like, say what happens in the latest episode of WandaVision and you have like an idea or. Okay. So yeah. like, I'm, I'm, I'm really curious. Cause like, I'm not super familiar with how that works and you're, you're really good at what you do. So. Oh, thanks man. Uh, hold on one second. Sorry. Yeah. Stray dog. Just got to deal with. It's because the cat's food is over here, and he thinks he can have it. <laughs> Sorry about that. No, it, it's it's all that's, good. It's um. That's a great question. I'm looking forward to answering it. <laughs> um, I'm gonna need to block this a little better. And one second. All right. Where did he go? There he's right here. Okay. Sorry about that. Um. Yeah. Let's talk video essays. So there's 
in my mind, uh, two, there's two different kinds of videos we put out on the channel Screen Crush. And really, in this genre, the video essay genre, I would say there's two different basic types, right? There's this thing just came out, we're going to talk about it. And then there's like the longer kind of more thought out, better edited actual video essay. So an example is like, we do these Easter egg videos on the channel. So whenever a WandaVision episode comes out, I wake up at 4 a.m., make some coffee and I start making the video. Uh, and that's like, here's every Easter egg, here's things you missed, here's some theories. And then later in the week, I'll throw out some more theories. The videos are not poorly edited, but they're basic. You know, they're like still frames. And this is what you see with a lot of channels, like, um, They'll do, you know, channels do reaction videos that are just like getting your live feedback because that's what you want. You want that conversation with somebody. And those are great. You know, those are all fantastic. Then we also do these kind of like long form video essays, which are much more thought out, much more deliberate with the editing, you know, no still frames, all like moving image. These are things that channels like, uh, like Patrick Willems on YouTube. He does great video essays. I worked for a little bit for the channel called The Take. They used to be called Screen Prism fantastic top of the mountain content you know really examining things from a different angle and giving you you know like they did a video why michael scott on the office is actually a great boss you know like very well thought out detailed things so as far as the process wandavision it's literally you know waking up getting it done watching the episode twice writing out a script and then having an intern help me cut it down while we add in assets uh, a long form video essay i like to do an outline I like to rewatch the film, make notes, and then just kind of start grouping ideas together. Um, an example, great example, we have a channel, uh, we have a video called um, about Thor Ragnarok. It's my favorite MCU movie. I love Thor Ragnarok. I could talk about it all day. I think it's both funny and it's just got a lot of like deep meaning and layers to it. I love Thor Ragnarok so much, I couldn't just explain it. I had to like really organize my thoughts and. I had a whole section of the video about nationalism and a whole section about Thor's character arc. There's just a lot of details there to go through and a lot of research that goes into it. Um, whereas when you're trying to, and that's because that's an evergreen piece of content. You know, people can always go back and watch that and it doesn't matter if a new Thor movie's out or not. But when you're talking about like this thing that we just watched, it's gotta be more immediate and fast. Okay, that, that makes a lot of sense because yeah, I mean that I, I totally get why you know you would do it more reactionary versus thought out because one of the reasons I was curious is because I'm I'm really a big fan of like your I don't know comparison videos I guess where it's like why mm -hmm. the Avengers worked and Justice League didn't or like yeah. th those ones I think are really cool because it yeah so, thanks man yeah I, I was just thanks for well that's a great example so with those um, they're not evergreen. So we're able to take our time with them. And I don't want to say that the WandaVision videos aren't, or the Mandalorian Easter egg videos aren't well thought out. I mean, they are, but I'm, I miss stuff. Everybody does, you know, and I have people message me or I'll check out another video where they catch things that I didn't. And it's, it's just because it has to come out so fast, you know, literally like every hour you lose hits. I'm not a channel that's going to rush something out. That's crap just to get it out first. Um, but you, you know, you do lose, some things that nuances that you would have gained or like video quality editing wise, you know, like you would have probably found some neat little tricks to pull that aren't really necessary. They're just kind of like fun shading, but those videos you're talking about this, the split screen videos, those are hard. 
those are really hard. And the hardest part of them is the split screen. Cause if you go back um, and if you're listening, you don't know what Ryan's talking about. We do these videos where we'll take like two different movies that are very similar. One's good, one's bad. And we'll say like, here's one scene that shows why this one's so good. And here's one scene that shows why this other one's so bad. The, the tricky part is when you're showing that split screen, you have to find shots that are similar, that are have the same framing and that cut at roughly, you have to cut them at roughly the same time. So it's not jarring if the images are changing too much. Because it's so it's really hard to watch two images happen at the same time. And sometimes it's really tough to think of two movies that are alike where one is bad, one's good. You know, like I've had a hard time coming up with comic book movies that fit that exact template. I think I've taken all the low hanging fruit, all the DC movies that I can think of. We have, well, we have a couple more we're working on, but we're experimenting with like just characters, you know, we're doing a, a certain TV show versus a certain movie, things like that. They're a lot of fun to do, you know, yeah. but they're uh, very challenging to write. I, I can only imagine just that they're, they're so, cause you have to focus on all these details, you know, these very little details. One, I mean, I guess I should have, seen it coming more but the one one of the ones i really enjoyed was the avengers and justice league and obviously mm -hmm. they had the same directors for mm -hmm. part of it uh, but like but it's, it's pretty I, I thought i thought it was very humorous how like it was like okay there's this movie that was so successful i have like not meant much time to make this movie so i'm gonna kind of steal that formula and try and make it work and yeah you know it, it is what it was so um well, and i'll tell you i love um dc comics you know, and I just said a little bit ago, I could I could talk at length about the DC animated universe. Um, I don't like how Zack Snyder sees these characters. It's funny, I like him as a person. I just don't like his movies or his interpretation of who these characters are. And I think it's criminal that Justice League was taken away from him and the DCEU was taken away from him the way it was. So I am really excited the Snyder Cut is happening. I think it's the triumph of you know the masses over the man even though we're all still going to pay for HBO Max and we're all going to pay them <laughs> for the thing that we want anyways. So I am really happy that it's coming out. Um, I'm very curious to see how different it is because you just, I'm going to latch onto something you just said about, you know, it's not like Joss Whedon came in and just was able to make his own movie and he copied the Avengers. He worked off the basic structure that Zack Snyder already had and was forced by the studio to keep it under two hours and to do these reshoots and just to really to gut it, you know, to completely alter the tone. Um, I don't know if Justice League is good or bad because I still haven't seen it. You know, we saw this like Frankenstein's monster of crap that they spewed out on the screen for us. Just the reason they rushed Justice League the way they did, uh, they could have delayed it, but the they were Warner Brothers is about to do a merger with AT&T and they the executives wanted to make sure they got their bonus before that happened. So that's why we got what we got, you know. Um, so I'm excited to see it. I really am. I don't know if I'm actually going to like it because I, I, I don't like his take on the, the heroes um, or much of anything, but uh, I, I'm very happy that it's happening. I'm, I'm really happy that he was, he's able to, you know, release his version and vision of what he had. So I, I, yeah. I agree with a lot of what you said. I think, uh, and I do remember reading about that somewhere about how, they were trying to get their bone. Yeah. And I was like, wow. But, um, I yeah. Mean, I mean, show we'll, business. Yeah. It, um, one of my favorite phrases that I, that I don't say, but I, uh, I've got, you know, uh, Robert Meyer always says, 
uh, it's not show business or it's not show friends. It's show business. So, yeah. yeah. So, unfortunately. I always, but, remember, I always remember that in Jerry Maguire. Jay yeah, Moore says maybe, that. Maybe that's too, where yeah. got it from. <laughs> oh, no. I'm sure Cameron Crowe looked at that from someone else. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I'm for, I'm curious to see the Snyder cut. I mean, it's four hours long, supposedly. So, I mean, it's going to be a doozy, but we'll, we'll yeah. see. I mean, it's a treat that. How many people are going to look back on and be like, wow, that actually happened, whether it's good or bad or, you know. I mean, this has already happened before. Richard Donner was taken off Superman 2 in fans lobby. We finally got the Donner cut. Um, when did they release that? 2005, 6. It was in a box set of, of other Superman movies. I'm also, you know what I'm most excited about for it? And genuinely, like, I talk about, like, I don't like the fact Superman snapping necks and blah, blah, blah. I am pumped for the nightmare sequence. Uh, because yep. that's sort of like this alternate reality where Zack Snyder can go full Zack Snyder with the Justice League. And it's also based on a great JLA art called Rock of Ages, where Darkseid wins, he conquers the planet, the Justice League are in the future, in the minds of their future selves, and they have to like overthrow his government and change the past. Uh, which makes me want to see that as a whole movie. So I, if they pull anything from that, I'm going to be pretty happy with it. Yeah, I'm, I'm very excited to see that sequence and what they do or if you know if it's a large part of the movie or if it's just kind of like a part of it but that would be four really hours yeah, yeah i mean i hope they, they give us plenty of that so yeah there's um, not going to be any deleted scenes i'll tell you that <laughs> no <laughs> we're putting everything in there um going i guess going more into like we kind of touched on wandavision uh, what are your thoughts on the show wandavision so far like do you, have you enjoyed it I mean, I know it's probably you have a different perspective because, you know, you have you. I, I mean, I know you enjoy it, but like, yeah, it's like something you have to study and do for work. So it's like, I don't know if it takes part of the fun out of it. Oh, or yeah, if, that's a good, no, no. Yeah, it's a good question. Um, I'm not going to lie a little bit, you know, like when I kind of miss the days when I could just love something, you know, like the Marvel Netflix shows, I was able to just watch them. I, this was before I worked for Screen Crush. Um, but it's still great. You know, like you still like I've learned that when I watch it, you know, because I watch it through a couple of times when you watch it the first time, you just have to you can make notes, but you just have to watch it as a fan. You know, like I'm still get just as excited when I see something unexpected happen in the show. You know, the problem is my job is to guess what happens in the show. And I'll read rumors and things like that about like Aaron Taylor or uh, Evan Peters being cast as, as Quicksilver. So it's harder to surprise me. So when I am surprised by one of these things, I, it just blows me away. <laughs> I just love it. And that's why my, my favorite thing about WandaVision, and there's a lot to love, is that they just didn't reveal anything in the first three episodes. I love that. I fully thought like we, I went ahead and made a video called How Vision Came Back before it even came out. Cause I was like, well, here's how he'll probably come back. So I'll just, you know, make a video saying that's probably it. And, uh, we don't know. <laughs> we just don't know yet because they're just doling it out piece by piece, which frankly is the mark of a great comic book storyline and a great TV show. It's like, I didn't watch lost when it was on, but this is what I think lost fans were like, you know, looking for the clues and nothing's accidental. Yeah. I, I, I love it. And I think, um, I don't know. I, I think they've done a great job of beautifully crafting, like kind of like, a, the, the the art of the cliffhanger but also like what the heck is actually happening you know mm -hmm. so it, it's yeah. gathered a lot of excitement and um 
I don't know. I, I mean, there's so many theories out there. So I don't, I don't like, do you have any bold predictions on what do you like, what you think is going to happen? Or, I mean, if that's like for a work product, like you don't have to talk about it, but no, 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 no. Um, I, put, I put out a video of like every theory I can think uh, of. Okay. I've got, there's what I want to happen. There's what I think will happen. Okay. Um, I, I'm a big fan of like long character arcs that have a defined beginning and end. Right. So, you know, breaking bad, Mr. Chips turning into Scarface, that kind of thing. Um, I personally hope it's the beginning of like that. Wanda's not being manipulated. She's just doing this herself. And this is the beginning of her degradation and fall. Like to me, that's a really interesting story that I haven't seen really in a superhero film where you get to see a hero fall and become the villain. Um, I don't think they're going to do that. I, especially, you know, her appearing in Dr. Strange two, maybe to get taught by Dr. Strange or maybe as a part villain or something. I'm not sure. I think we're going to end up because they, in episode four said straight up, it's Wanda. It's all Wanda. It's definitely not going to be Wanda. <laughs> you, <laughs> you don't get a third into your show and be like, here's who it is. Uh, and there's other things too. Like there's a lot of like, pronouns there's a lot of her she's in my head stop her and we're supposed to assume that it's wanda like vision does but then you have like you know super savvy nerds like myself who are going well hang on could it be agnes could it be dotty you know maybe evan peters is a female villain who's taken the form of her dead brother there's a million other possibilities here as a storyteller you can kind of see they're trying to lead you down one way and I, I don't think that that's going to end up being the case. Um, I think it's interesting they involve sword. We did a video recently that talked about aliens being involved, specifically the Kree, because the sword, because sword in the comics is the space version of shield. So they fend off extraterrestrial threats and they've changed it instead of a sentient. Um, oh, what is it in the sentient world observation? It's sentient weapon observation, which could also mean that they're going to monitor threats like the X-Men or superpowered beings, but they still do space exploration in it. And it seems very random to me that they would include an agency that explores space and they would include Monica Rambeau and that, you know, sword had the visions body. They were clearly like going to turn him into a weapon or something and it pissed Wanda off and she went after them. Those seem like very strange things for me to have in there. If you're not going to put aliens in your show or some tie to captain Marvel. Um, but this thing where like, we know that Wanda's going to be in Dr. Strange too says, well, maybe it's a mystical villain. You know, maybe we're introduced to a Dr. Strange villain, like nightmare or Mephisto in this movie. It could be that too. Oh, and now you know what? I'm going to throw out another one. This is, this is a, a bold prediction that comes from the comics. Okay. Sorry. I just keep checking on, <laughs> keep checking on Doug in the background good. here. You want to meet him real quick? Hang on. Yeah, come absolutely. Here, we come here. He's sniffing around. I don't know what's going on. This is my puppy. Oh, he's a good boy. Yes. Okay. What? Um. Here's name? another one. I and I haven't Doug. Hey Doug. I first, haven't actually put this the, in a. Bird. I, I, I haven't it. actually put this theory in a video yet. So this is okay. all for you. Okay. All right. Yeah, um. Thing. May or may not turn this into a video, depending on next episode. So. In the comics, there's this storyline where Wanda's life slowly comes unraveled, like the government wipes Vision's brain, her kids disappear because she imagined them. Um, 
something else happens to her. It's really bad. She gets kidnapped by some weird agency and they erase her mind and turn her bad and stuff. All of this happens because uh, there's a villain called Amortis, who's a time traveler who's trying to be like the master of time. And Amortis actually works for the timekeepers who are in the Loki show, right? Ah. Okay, so Amortis is trying to control Wanda because she's what's called a nexus beam, which means that she's essentially um, the linchpin of reality. She's the constant. She's the same in all realities. So, and all these different multiverse realities, like the what if shows all these different like multiverses and stuff. So that she's important for that reason in the comics. So this villain Immortus tries to control her. Interesting fact about Immortus is, one second. Interesting fact about Immortus is he's actually another villain called Kang, Kang the Conqueror, okay. who is a, an Avengers villain who travels through time. And that villain is going to appear in Ant-Man and the Wasp Mania, played by Jonathan Majors from Lovecraft Country. So if you're going to like look at this broad scope and go, okay, so who should be your, your big bad villain? It's Kang. You know, the Avengers in Endgame messed with time. Tony Stark already said it. Sometimes time messes back. So he's definitely going to be a, a, a big bad villain. It just makes sense to me that he could be introduced in WandaVision. So there it is. I, I, bold, bold prediction. I, Exclusive. Think, I, I don't think that theory is too far off. I mean, I mean, they've, yeah, they, I mean, he's going to be an Ant-Man or what he's, they say he's supposedly going to be introduced in Loki, right? Potentially due to the time. Uh, I, I haven't heard that. I know Loki's going to deal with a lot of like time travel and multiverse stuff, things like that. Okay. Um, my other bold prediction for Loki is that he, um, that they're actually fighting against other Lokis from the multiverse. Oh, that'd be so. That's that's gonna be so cool. Yeah, it, it wouldn't surprise me because I don't know. You see a lot of characters in hoods and stuff, and like, why else would the TVA recruit Loki? It just makes sense. Huh. Um. What? Also, in one of there's been a hint by uh, Elizabeth Olsen and Paul Bettany that there is a major cameo towards mm -hmm. the end of it. Do you have any bold predictions on who that might be? Or somebody, it, somebody Paul Bettany has always wanted to work with, but he never yeah. has, right? And he said actor, which could still be a woman, even though we traditionally associate that word with a man. Uh, it could be Monica's mysterious um, engineer friend, who could be this, uh, who could be Blue Marvel from the comics. A lot of people are predicting. Um, it could be. Doctor Strange is a pretty obvious one that people say. Um, you know what I was thinking be interesting is Richard E. Grant, who from uh, he's the uh, all of a sudden I can't remember his character's name in Star Wars, but he's like the new evil guy in Rise of Skywalker, and he's going to be in the Loki series. And there's some speculation that he's the big bad villain or that he's like older Loki. So, you know, if you're looking to cast Mephisto, the Marvel Comics version of the Devil you couldn't do much better than Richard E. Grant. And I don't think he and Paul Bettany have ever been in a movie together. If it's an MCU actor, um, somebody pre-existing, Dr. Strange, Carol Danvers might be a really good one. You know, like Lieutenant Trouble is in trouble. And so Carol comes back to help at the last, especially if the career involved. Um, yeah. Those are my two best, two most logical guesses, I think are either Benedict Cumberbatch or Brie Larson. I think, uh, 
Uh, yeah, I, I I think Doctor Strange is the most likely, but I wouldn't mm -hmm. be surprised if, you know, if Richard E. Grant, you know, shows up or someone that's not as expected. And it's it depends who the threat is, doesn't it? Yeah, I, I mean, you know, we just don't know. You got to find out and watch, but uh, you know, it's it's fun. You know, we'll we'll see what happens. I think uh, what was I going to say? I got kind of blank. <laughs> Take your time. I ramble a lot, so I'll go on forever unless you forget every point you ever thought you were going to make. <laughs> no, it's it's good. I've learned a lot, like so far. You know, like I didn't know any of that stuff about Batman or the DC con, like some of the stuff you've mentioned. I mean, it's a learning lesson for me as well. So, um, whatever. Maybe I'll randomly remember it, but uh, <laughs> email me. Yeah, of course. <laughs> um, <laughs> Are you excited for any of the like future shows that are coming? Falcon, Winter Soldier, Loki, Miss. Oh Mark? yeah, of like, course. Like, I, yeah, I from a YouTuber's perspective, I I I don't think Falcon and the Winter Soldier is going to be quite the draw for people looking for explanations of things that WandaVision is. I don't think it's going to be like cryptic. I think Loki is going to be very weird. Um, I Hawkeye seems like it's based on a really good. Uh, run from the books uh, where he stops being Hawkeye and he like owns an apartment building for a while. That's really, really good. Uh, they even have my favorite character from that run pizza dog. There's a whole issue devoted just to the dog's point of view and showing how a dog sees things through sense and things. Um, so that if it's based closer to that, I can see that. So those shows, I'm, you know, of course I'm looking forward to uh, of everything that's announced the Eternals. I'm, I'm excited I mean, for that one too. I, that's just, that's Marvel again, being weird. You know, the first time I ever saw concept art of rocket raccoon on Groot's shoulder, I was like, yep, that movie is going to be great. I didn't even know who James Gunn was. I just saw the concept art and said, they know exactly what they're doing. And the Eternals is not a great comic. I mean, Neil Gaiman had a terrific limited series run for a bit, but like, but it's weird. What a weird choice. They wouldn't be doing something that weird unless it was great unless they had something just really cool planned for it you know yeah i think you're right i i'm really looking forward to that one just out of pure like i don't know any like when i went in to watch guardians of the galaxy i had very little knowledge of it and i just same love love, love the movie i thought it was yeah i mean it's one of my favorites um obviously um yeah. <laughs> but i i feel the same way about eternals though like it's you know, I'm kind of going to go in blind and then whatever I kind of see, then I'm going to kind of dive deep and, you know, mm -hmm. research it and whatnot. But I'm really looking forward to, uh, well, obviously a couple of them. I'm Dr. Strange, Multiverse of Madness. I think that's going to be pretty cool. And then Sam Thor, Raimi. Yeah, that's yeah. He, he's I mean, people, the general fan, you know, they're like, oh, yeah, yeah. Spider-Man. But like he's like a very good horror director. Like, oh, he's amazing! Like, so even the, even his straight up drama, like Simple Plan, is a is a great movie. He even did a great sports movie for Love of the Game. Well, wait, it's not that good of a movie, but it's, it portrays sports really well. That's when Kevin Costner throws a no hitter. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, no, I'm, I you were I interrupted you, but you were about to say Love and Thunder, which I can't believe wasn't at the top of my list because I love wow. everything Taika Waititi touches. You know, I said earlier that my favorite film of, of uh, the Mar MCU is Thor Ragnarok, and it's because it's Taika Waititi. You know, he manages to tell a very serious story and have fun doing it and not 
he's like, he's a great teacher because he doesn't, we don't realize that we're learning, you know, that we're learning about nationalism and genocide and colonialism as we're watching this film because it's also hilarious. So yeah, Love and Thunder is going to be you know, the best of this phase, like of everything they've announced, I think. I, I completely agree. I, yeah. the fact that they have Christian Bale being playing Gore, the God Butcher, like I think mm-hmm. that's just so cool. Cause like, yeah. it doesn't sound like Christian Bale, a Christian Bale role, but like, you know, he's going to, amazing you know have you read the comics it's based on i haven't no incredible there's a yeah there's a run of uh marvel books by a guy named jason aaron i think he did like 100 issues and it's just spectacular like it's it starts small with gore the god butcher and goes through like jane foster thor and then it culminates in this giant crossover that goes through all the marvel universe it's fantastic it's a great run jason aaron's thor run if you're listening that's what you want to that's what you want to read I'm I'm definitely going to check that out personally, just because I want you know I, I'm the excitement for the movie and just to have a little backstory. Um, other like are there any other m- movies that or shows that aren't like comic book related, so to speak, that you're kind of excited to see that like is maybe coming out this year or next year that's been announced? I don't know. I'm curious. Um, sure. Even apart from. Uh... I'm not as informed as I used to be about other projects directors are doing, especially because of the pandemic. Like now I'm not even sure what's in production and what's going to be released this year. What's not. Uh, and also put star Wars to the side, like all the star Wars shows I think are going to be great. Uh, Dune. I'm really pumped to see Dune. Um, love the book. And, and I, it seems like it's going to be that they're getting all the things right. They need to in adapting that. And uh, Apple Plus, I don't know when it's coming out, but Apple Plus has a, a series coming out based on Isaac Asimov's foundation novels, which are hard sci-fi. They're just, they're terrific books. And it's going to be a challenge for them because they're not character-oriented stories. There's a cat tail in front of me. They're not character-oriented stories. That's very much like high-concept sci-fi. George Lucas borrowed, was inspired by a lot of this when he made Star Wars. Um, if they can nail foundation, I mean, that's that's an incredible series, you know, the Amazon Lord of the Rings series. I'm optimistic about, you know, they um, have a huge budget, but there's all these weird limitations from the Tolkien estate. Like they can't mention Gandalf. They can't mention the ring. They, you know, all the stuff that Warner Brothers has kind of adapted. They can't touch. Um, but, you know, Gandalf would still be walking around at the time of that series, too, because it takes place thousands of years before. Um but outside of that culture, oh, uh, I don't know when the next season's coming out, but like Marvelous Mrs. Maisel, great show. Just I'm on pins and needles waiting for the new season of Atlanta. I think every see that show just gets better and better and better, like with every season. That team they just find ways to be more and more innovative, and. He Donald Glover's always had it. You can see this on Community too in his standup. He's always had a great grasp of the absurd and how to use the absurd like a scalpel in comedy. You know, he's able to take small social interactions and find the absurdities in them. Um, an example is like season one of Atlanta when they're handcuffed to the briefcase and they go to the drug deal, and it's super awkward. But that they only portray it as awkward and not necessarily like scary, like a horror movie. But then in season three, that I, those absurdities become threatening. You know, there's, I think every character gets an episode where they're out of place and in danger in some way. There's the 
Teddy Perkins episode. Um, there's the one where uh, Donald Glover is in that weird German holiday, you know, with his girlfriend. The one where uh, I can remember Paperboy is getting chased through the woods. Like, amazing that they're doing that. Oh, What We Do in the Shadows. That's another great show that every time I watch a new episode of it, I'm just floored by how, you know, how funny it is. Is that the one with like the guy that lives with vampires or something like that? Yeah. Okay. It's terrific. I mean, it's based on a Taika Waititi movie. He executive produced it and I think directed the pilot and a few episodes here and there. But um, Matt Barry is putting on a clinic on that show. The guy who was in, if you've ever seen Garth Marenghi's Dark Place. And he um, was also, he's also in a show called The Toast of London, which is on Netflix. It's another absurd comedy. It's just hilarious. I'm, I might so have... I'm excited about all those. <laughs> I, I love it. There's, I mean, there's a lot of, a lot of good uh stuff out there you know it, there's, it, too, there's too much too much good yeah it's, it's hard to keep yeah. up you know so i'm definitely excited for atlanta i i'm that show is amazing i want to check out the the one you just mentioned in the win in the what's it called win in the shadows oh what we do in the shadows what we do in the shadows yeah it's on fx you can find it on hulu okay that's um I don't, I'm not sure. I, I'm not quite familiar with the actor that you mentioned, but, uh, oh, he's, you'll, you'll know him. Yeah. When you see what we was, was, in the, was he the guy in Be better call Saul. I don't know if you're familiar with that show. I am. Uh, no, no, no he's no. not in that. No. Yeah. Oh, okay. I got that. That's, and that's, that's another great show. It is. I, I love, I'm a breaking bad and but yeah, I, I'm a huge fan of that little world. Um, yeah. So what, 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 what else do you, uh, like, what do you find enjoyment in like outside of work, like your work life? Is it, do you, uh, well, these days there's not much else. Yeah. I got a good life. I had a beautiful wife and two cats and a dog and uh, we like to go hike. You know, I miss going to the movies though. I'll tell you, like I miss going to the movies and I miss seeing live theater. Uh, pretty heavy. I, for my birthday, for my birthday, for Christmas, my wife got us, uh, bought a theater out in Ohio to see wonder woman 1984. And, uh, I still don't know if the movie's good or not. I was so happy to be in the theater and like, I knew I wasn't going to be making a video about it because it came out on Christmas day. And I was like, I'm not, I'm not doing that. Um, so I was just, it was the first time. God, I mean, I can't even tell the, the last time I watched a movie and I knew I wasn't going to make a video about it, like that kind of movie. Jeez. What would that have been? Uh, can't even remember. Like it was that much fun to just sit, relax and watch a movie in a theater, you know, that you knew you weren't going to get coronavirus by doing it. You know, uh, that was amazing. And the movie is good. Like I know it's got a lot of detractors uh, and it would probably be better for me financially if I hated it. Cause I can make a video like, Ooh, four is better than Wonder Woman. <laughs> um, and maybe I won't like it as much when I rewatch it, but that was just an incredible experience. I'm happy for you. I definitely, I definitely miss going to the movies, you know, just yeah. experiencing nothing like it. There isn't, especially like seeing uh end game on opening night, you know? Uh, and that was one too, that like I saw, I got to see a screening of that the Monday before it happened to fall on my birthday. And even in the critic screening, you know, you had that the same kind of crowd reactions, uh, not quite as buoyant as you saw like that night, but uh, I missed that man. Like, that sound when the cat caught the, the hammer, the crowd sound. There's a there's somebody did an edit. They reported the crowd sounds in the theater and did an actual edit to the movie. 
It was really cool. You should find that online. Kevin Feige even tweeted it. I I think I've seen that one, but it's yeah. it, it it brings back memories. Um, what was your initial like reaction when seeing that movie? Were, were you like blown away? Oh, did you oh love- blown away! Yeah, I couldn't believe they pulled it off. You know, like I had a notebook full of notes and Easter eggs and things that I found, but uh, even putting that aside, there was a moment where everybody's you know the big moment of Endgame, the true climax when everybody's coming out of the portals. And it's this massive relief because we had a whole year of these people being dead. And it's like your friends are coming back. And, you know, uh, so number one thing these movies can do for you is like dip you into a fantasy world. What's the ultimate fantasy? It's that your loved ones can come back from the dead. So it's got that catharsis. And then I'm just like, it's a, it was a splash panel of a comic book page, you know, like a big double page spread. And I just wrote down, like, I'm trying to write down everything I see, you know, like Valkyrie and uh, the Ravagers and all this. And I just wrote so happy at the bottom in really big letters. And I kept that page because I, I can't believe they pulled it off. Honest to God. Like I still think about that movie and infinity war. And I think how in the hell did they do that? The pacing and to make sure it didn't go slower. Nobody felt too rushed. You know, everybody was in it just enough. And it's a perfectly balanced as all things should be. Mm, that was clever. Uh, yeah. I I'm uh, yeah, I, I don't, I don't, it, I mean, the Russo brothers. I mean, phew, some serious. Hey, and you know. no, and Marcus and McFeely too. Yeah, the screenwriters too. Yeah, they. I, I was not impressed with First Avenger. I think it was just all montage. Uh, but uh, boy, they they found their feet. They did. Yeah, I. Uh, have, so go ahead. Uh, yeah, no. I was going to say, have you seen much of the show Community and Arrested Development? Because that's where the Russo brothers got their start. Yeah, that was. I think where they, I think Kevin Feige said that's where they found them and, mm-hmm. they, you know, they, but I mean, I think the most impressive thing out of Infinity War and Endgame is how they kept everything so under wraps, like without, I mean, I guess they've yeah. mastered the art of, I guess there's yeah. one division leaks coming out now, but they've really, they really keep things so close to the vest. And I think that's so impressive. I don't, I don't, I don't, you know, the one division leaks, I'll hear about them, but I don't, I saw a fake toy. I think it was a, a fake toy of Mephisto, uh, but I'm like, I, I don't want to know. Yeah, I'm fine. I, Even I, I don't it, Endgame had one leak that was a pretty big one. It was the one where it showed all the heroes at the Battle of New York with the wrist thing on. Oh, right. Um, I've seen that, and I was like, mm, we'll see what it is. Yeah, but. I mean, I was like, it's time travel. It makes sense. But like... Um, even then, I'm just remembering this. One of those images was of Ant-Man at the Battle of New York, and he was not there in the movie. Oh, yeah, he was. Sorry. But not like that was when they were in the alley. Never mind. I was wrong. Yeah. No, that's what that was from. Um, yeah. So, yeah. It's, it's a shame that leaked, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Cause I remember it was, I think it's the photo, like it's the photo of uh, Chris Evans just laughing, like he's like laughing to stare. Yeah. That's the one. Like, oh. um, Ryan, I can't, I got to get off here pretty soon. Okay. Yeah. I Sorry. mean, yeah. I, um, and if you can hear my of- dog. <laughs> oh yeah, I mean, the, I that was pretty much my last question. I I was just going with the flow of the conversation. So yeah, me too. <laughs> this is um, I, this this is the part of the show where I call it closing thoughts, and you kind of get to shout out what you want to shout out, you know. All right. And we end the program like that. So. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Sorry, man. I feel like I I talked a lot. I know that's no, why you have was, a guest on, but like you get me going on this kind of stuff, and I I will go all not all day on it, you know. 
no, I, I love it. I think yeah. you were great. So it's thanks, man. And I, I just really appreciate the time, you know, like you, you had, you know, you didn't have to do this or, you know, give me the time of day and you were like, let's uh, do from, it. When one Ryan makes a request of another Ryan, it, it cannot be denied. You, you're, you're exactly right. But, um, so yeah, things I want to shout out, like, um, obviously our YouTube channel, screen crush every day, every week, every Friday, new one division, uh, Easter egg videos, plus all the different theory videos we do through the week and long form video essays. Uh, my own podcast, Rick Pulsar, Galactic Night of Space Justice, which I infrequently update, but it's a space adventure, like serialized radio play. Um, yeah, that's pretty much it. That's all I got going on right now. <laughs> it's a plug. Thank you. you know, it's a good, hey man, yeah. I, I well, I appreciate your time and, you know, I, I'm like, I'm really grateful that we we're able to do this. So, all right. Thanks Everybody. a lot. Hey, thank you, Ryan. We will uh, talk soon. I appreciate you. No problem. Bye.